This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However... When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast. And myself and Nathan are delighted to say that we've got a chat with Wrexham CEO Fleur Robinson and Executive Director Humphrey Carr coming up to mark one anniversary of Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' anniversary of owning the club. So, yeah, look forward to that maybe in, the, I'd say, the second half, but it's the bulk of the podcast. But before we do get on with that chat, Nath, it's as I say every single week, people must be getting bored of this. There has been lots of stuff going on off the pitch. Uh, the latest sort of twist has been Lee Tomlin rocking up at training today. How are you doing? And can you give us any insight on Lee Tomlin? And will he be putting on a Wrexham shirt anytime soon? Rich, it's good to be on again. I'm good. I am feeling very fresh. Uh, I got talky out my system now. I've got over that. I went on Talk Sport. I had to listen to the gloating of a Torquay fan and I'm over it we're past it Lee Tomwin is really interesting younger than I actually thought 33 I know that's in the older side in terms of professional but you know 33 and he, he is in the building as Dean Keats would say he's training um from what I understand the conversation I had was that and it's been you know it's been put out there now by a good friend of mine at Wales Online it's not necessarily a trial that he's doing. He, he just wants to get the love of the game back. So he's in he's in there, he's training with the group. I know I've seen that, you know, he's followed a lot of the guys on social media. And, you know, he, he it's not been ruled out. A sign hasn't been ruled out. And ju- look, Rich, could he be the Wes Houlihan type? Could he be the link man that Palmer and, and, uh, and Mullen and co need? Be a fascinating one, I think. A fit Lee Tomlin, which is a big if, but if he is fit... And firing, he's far too good for the Ridiculous fifth division. Surely, good. ridiculously good. He's still a championship if... player, and I know lots of Cardiff fans still think highly of him in terms of his technicality, etc. I mean, Scott Green was thirty-three when he signed for us, so you know, I think that you can quite often just look at someone's age, can't you, and think, 
in terms of football, 33 sounds so old, but if you ask a 33-year-old 33 old on the street if they're past it and can run, <laughs> run around for nine minutes, they'll be offended, wouldn't they, really? I mean... He, he can do it and especially at this level you know I mean it's not so it's not like a high intensity it's physical the National League but you'd expect that he could do it and we saw what Glenn Little did when he came to us you know oh, yeah. he, he didn't move much but he still ran the show and he was such a joy to watch so like I said like you said as well Lee Tomlin it's not a trial it's more training with the club as things mm. stand um, obviously you know I think club sources themselves would, would maybe try distance themselves from it being anything too far down the line anyway but like you said, watch this space. Stranger things have happened. Of course, we can't buy all loan players, but as we did last year, when we got Gold on Mateo, I think, and didn't we on a on a Gold on Mateo, you can what buy players who are out of contract. So we could still see some additions before the end of the season, but it's got to be the right person. It's got to be someone who's going to categorically enhance the team. And I know that now that we've got O'Connor, who's this defensive midfielder, there still probably is that gap, isn't there for? a more creative midfield type. I know Jordan Davis can do that, but I think Parky quite likes him to be a bit more industrious and, and use his legs to, to stretch the play in midfield more. But, you know, watch this space. Like we said, stranger things have happened. And if there's no other offers on the table, and he, if he can impress Parky, you know, the pressure's still on Tomlin to prove he deserves a contract at the end of the day. And yeah. if he wants to, to reignite that love for, for, for football, then a packed Kairas is really going to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, no Jordan Davis at Torquay, and we struggled. You know, no Jordan Davis, no Mullin. Understandably, that that takes a lot out of the team. So look, it, it's on, it's on, it's on Lee Tomlin now. Can he, can he go and prove it? It's up to him. Like he's clearly a very, very talented player. Will he go and do it? Let's see. We'll soon find out, Rich. Yes, we will. Sorry, I wasn't expecting you to come. So, come back sorry, to me no. So there quick, you but... go. Sorry, no. Yeah, we 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 will soon find out. And you know what? We've had bad luck with the injury gods. Uh, I, I sent you this morning about Jake Hyde, unfortunately, is is making slower progress than they'd hoped. It's just not healing. The um, the, the, the the injury is not healing as much. And, and, and Parky's come out and said, you know, he's working hard in the gym. We're trying to keep his fitness up. But it's a really complex problem that there's been a split in his tendon in the calf. Now, I think anyone who's had that injury knows, A, how painful it is, and B, tendons and ligaments and all that sort of thing uh they just take so long to kind of heal and 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 forge and mesh back together so look i know people are trying to keep hide spirits up but it's 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 not moving not moving at the rate they want it to and and harry lennon i feel so sorry for harry lennon it's just so disappointing yeah it's real and there is still that case that you know Harry Lennon could have potentially been our signing of the season. He's shown in glimpses just how important he can be at the back. We don't look as good, you know, at the back without him. And I think it's so telling that I feel like we're almost in the same predicament Wales are in, where it always seems that we've got a key player missing. I think if you've got a Wrexham side who have Jordan Davis, Paul Mullen and Harry Lennon fit, then you're going to be winning most matches. I think we're such a stronger side of them. But just like when Wales... Miss Joe Allen and Miss Aaron Ramsey or Gareth Bale, there is that that drop off in quality. We have got other players who who can come in, but you know, of course, any team's going to miss their best players. But I think it has been amplified as this season, just because we've been so over reliant on Mullin for goals, we've been so over reliant maybe for Lennon to balance out that defence as well. When you've got a free man defence, having someone left footed in there opens up so many more passing angles and opens up so much more 
in terms of playing out from the back, which we're, which we're trying to do. So, yeah, gutted for him and Jake Hyde as well, who can't really get a break so much. Like we said, we thought he could be that 20-goal-a-season striker. I think if he stayed fit, he, he probably could have been. But, yeah, it's just not worked out as much. But one player who we should see in a Wrexham shirt this weekend, Callum McFadzine, uh, going to make his debut after signing in the January transfer window against Boreham Wood in the FA Trophy. Oof. Nick, you'll be there. Are you looking forward I will to be seeing there. Callum come off, yeah. off at left-back? Yeah, I am looking forward to it because, you know, Parky's talked him up. He's, he's looked really good in training. It's always fun to see a new player, what they're going to bring. Um, I, I, it's, it's, quite, it's quite a welcome, isn't it? We're, we're waiting to see what, what team Boreham Wood will put out. I don't know why they would change too much. I know they've got to kind of rest players and, 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 and they've got, what, what have they got, 21 games, league games left, 20 league games left, something like that. I, I'm interested to see it. And, and look, it, it, just if he puts in a man of the match display, plays really well, it's it's a hell of a battle then for that left wing back spot because you're looking at Bryce Hosanna came straight back in against Torquay, Liam McAlinden, you know probably very well not probably it just is very unlucky to to have missed out there because he's played really well and now you've got McFadden coming in and 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 has got a real opportunity. I really hope, Rich. I really I'm crossing every fingers and toe that I possess on my body that when we come back again we're still in the FA Trophy. I just really hope so. I'd love a Wembley trip. And this has been recorded on the Thursday um, before the game. It'd just be so nice, wouldn't it? I don't know. It just... I, I, a Wembley trip's just so good. And maybe I'm a bit biased because I'm, you know, further down south. But it would be, should be great. I and mean, We're long overdue a, a successful Wembley trip. Yeah, exactly. And I think everyone will look back with fond memories of that Grimsby game. Of course, the last two visits to Wembley haven't ended with victory so it's been a bit tainted by that but you know it can just give the community that one extra lift and I'd be so fascinated to see how many we take to Wembley now we've got this extra buzz and you know the home crowds are are so healthy at the moment I'd be you know 20,000 I don't think that's out of the question if we got to the trophy final if you played another biggish team there as well and you may be looking at a 30,000 35,000 attendance exactly that would be unbearable to watch probably but it would be exciting (laughs) but but yeah, like I said, who knows what lies ahead? Plenty of excitement still. And, you know, I think we just want to try as well, get back to winning ways and, and prove that, that we are one of the top teams going for promotion because I feel that, you know, we have got some big games coming up. Obviously, we've got Bournemouth, we've got Chesterfield as well. And I feel like You'll we're be still there. looking... I feel like we're still almost looking up at those teams like, oh, I'm a bit scared about facing them. Where it should be the other way around. Boring Wood should yeah. be dreading come to the race course. Chesterfield should see playing us at home as a potential banana skin. Well, not banana skin. They should be worried they're going to drop points at yeah. home. You know, I just don't feel that's happened at the moment. But but they're you know, not, are they? They're not yet. No, um, the mood can yet, change quickly, but, though, can't it? And uh, what I was going to say, Rich, but obviously the mood can change quickly. I, and it slipped my mind, but I, I vowed that I would say because it is a big thing. I know for certain supporters off the pitch. I don't know if you'd seen it much about the Yellow Step project which for a lot of us going to the race course, you know, I'll be there at the weekend. You'll be back at the Carras for the older shot game, won't you? So it, the yellow steps in the Mold Road stand. And I actually think it might be, yeah, it's the Mold Road stand or the Macron stand, if I have to give it its official title, which I never will. It'll be the Mold Road stand. Um, the steps have been there, have been painted yellow to help fans with dementia. The, I don't know if you saw that, that the club have really tried to, um, you know, really work out with the uh, DLO, uh, Disability Liaison Officer, and and trying to improve things for fans with dementia. And uh, they've they've 
liaise and it's about you know color coding this and trying to avoid white because they get confused and, and xyz and i think that's one of the you know we're going to get on to you'll you'll no doubt tears up soon with, with the chat with humphrey and fleur but there's been so much in this year hasn't there to be successful that's been successful off the pitch uh as well as on it we've gone and we've gone and raided league one for players but look there's a lot of things that have been done for the much longer term that will have a massive uh massive benefit on the fan base and while i'll be scouting uh callum mcfadzian at the weekend uh, there'll be a lot of people that are there i mean how rich how many tickets have we sold quite a lot no yeah, I think it's over two and a half thousand home tickets, which wow. obviously might not wow so many if you're used to the league attendances, but as the most tickets we've sold for a home FA to- Trophy match since we beat Torquay in the semi-finals Oof. back in the, the anniversary season. And Joe Clark scored a screamer that day. I remember I was doing the radio commentary <laughs> for that one. And then we went down to the English Riviera and, and did a job on them there as well. I think Kieran Morris, Louis Malt masterclass from what I remember. Oh, Kieran um, Morris and Louis Malt. You know, you get me excited, Rich. Now yeah, I'm just and that getting, was a season that was pretty mediocre by the end of it. I know there's lots of stand-up <laughs> yeah, moments, yeah. but, you know, it was a season that ended with the manager being sacked as mid-table, the team ripped apart again and more doom and gloom. But the future is looking bright. And as Nave said earlier, we did catch up with Fleur and Humphrey. So Rob Ryan Red became Fleur Humphrey Red maybe this week. But uh, yeah, we're going to roll the tape now, speak to them about a lot. There's news on pre-season, a fixture even confirmed in a podcast oh. exclusive. Um, we asked how they celebrated the day, they commemorated the anniversary, the challenges they faced, what lies ahead, an upgrade on the update on the training ground, the COP stadium renovations, and we also asked if this season could still be considered a success, even if Wrexham don't get promoted. Thank you very much, as always, for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this. Leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already. And yeah, enjoy this chat. Hello, welcome to this latest episode of Rob Ryan Red. I'm delighted to say we are joined by Humphrey Kurt and Fleur Robinson. And this podcast marks one anniversary of the Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney takeover of the club. Of course, the anniversary was this week. Uh, first of all, then, how did both of you celebrate the day? Humphrey, we'll come to you first. Did you do anything to mark the anniversary? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I really enjoyed reading through and watching all the coverage that had come out of the club. That was that was nice. And just kind of, you know, seeing people's responses to it, really, because it's, you know, for all of us, there's enormous pleasure in, in getting a sense of people, you know, people who, who, who've been around the club for much longer than we have, being able to say, well, yeah, things are looking better now than they were a year ago or, or two years ago or five years ago. So I, I definitely, you know, waking up in, in America eight hours behind, I was I was able to sort of, I lay in bed like a slug for, for about an extra half an hour just reading through Twitter and things. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a real pleasure. And then, you know, I saw Rob um, yesterday uh, at, at the regular day job and we, we had a nice little moment together just being like, wow, it's, I can't believe it's been a year and I can't believe... It seems to be working so far. 
Yeah, how about you, Flood? Did you do anything to, to commemorate it? Were you tempted to go to the turf and get one of those free gin and tonics? <laughs> I, think, I think the rush beat us to it, to be honest. But uh, so, yeah, no, you know, obviously I had a really busy day. It was great speaking to, you know, fans coming into the shop. Um, and uh, we, we celebrated with cake, as anybody should on an anniversary. So, yeah, so, yeah, it was great to have the staff together and uh, enjoy, you know, five or ten minutes with some cake just to celebrate and, uh, and again, reflect on, on uh, the 12 months. Obviously, I've, I've not done the full 12 months, but, you know, the staff there to, to listen to them and what their thoughts were was really great. Yeah, Rich, we need to get ourselves a cake when it gets to a year. I mean, we're not, we're not Ryan Reynolds and, and Rob McElhenney, but when it gets to a year, we definitely need to, to get ourselves a cake. Mm-hmm. What do we need? Yeah, yeah, the, the, the Colin the Caterpillar scandal was a whole thing. I feel like was was that maybe the story of the year? Maybe I don't know. R. R. McReynolds is is definitely up there, but yeah, Colin the Caterpillar is a whole thing. But we definitely need a cake um, when it gets to a year. But aside, you know, aside from cake and what we're going to eat when we get to a year, the owners' visit is is the main thing that people talk about still. And and in, during the year, that was that was the big highlight. Is that something they're still talking about? And you know, are they are they kind of like looking to to relive that and and come back over as soon as they can. Yeah, it was uh, well, it was really great. I mean, one of the shames about this whole process has been because of COVID and, and things, it's been really difficult getting them over as often as we would like. But in some ways, the the positive spin to put on that was that it meant that when they did come, it was that much more special. It had been eight or nine months since the takeover, and you know they watch every game as much as they can and follow it as as best they can. But to come actually to the stadium and to see it physically and, you know, the, the, those things where it had been a case of me showing them photographs of, you know, under the tech end or, um, or you know, this is what the, um, you know, this is, this is what the old layout was for like the kit room and, and, uh, and these offices. And, but to actually be able to walk them around and be like, oh, this is the thing that I keep telling you about. Or this is whenever we talk about the, the flaming dragons on the um, on the dressing rooms, like the, the you've seen them over over video, but this is it, and it's it it isn't the same. It's like in the same way that zooming with people isn't really the same as like sitting around a table with them. It's it's like a close approximation, but you don't have it's not as much fun. Like we've all done Zoom quiz nights or hanging out with people over Zoom in the last couple of years. It's so much more fun being in person. So it, for them, yeah, it was it was a very special trip i know and i know they're very keen to come back before too long yeah i was gonna ask you on this floor then in terms of just when they did visit as well did you notice that there was a an extra buzz that it all almost felt properly real because like like humphrey said there everything's been behind zoom last season was behind closed doors and when the takeover actually happened it still felt like a pinch yourself moment but did it really sink in when they visited and we saw just how much media attention there was in the club that this this is real now yeah, most definitely. And that's, you know, we've said that with the fans, there's always this, you know, is it really happening? And again, for the staff, you know, it's such a big deal. And, you know, to actually see the guys visit, you know, the race course ground was was amazing and, you know, get the opportunity to, to meet, you know, Rob and Ryan and, and, and the fans, you know, I think there were, there's groups of fans obviously outside the race course ground all day or all, all week till some unearthly hours really, you know, waiting for the opportunity. And it was just incredible and, you know, get a real sense of buzz, you know, around and around the town as you'd expect, which is, was really fantastic. We put out the story of, of Will Ferrell speaking on another podcast, the Men in Blazers podcast, about this this trip that he's planning to Wrexham. Is that a, a joint thing? Is that is he is Will Ferrell just planning his own? Because what was he talking about? A, a triple crown of Fulham, QPR, and Wrexham. So is, I mean, yeah, is Will Ferrell gone rogue, or 
or are we expecting the owners to kind of appear with lots of Hollywood celebrity guests, including a, a Mr. Farrell? It's a good question because because uh, I know I, I Will and Ryan have just done a movie together, so so I can I assume that at that point because Will's a big he owns a chunk of LAFC I think he's that's big, the one he's a big big football fan, um so I presume they must have done a little bit of you know I'll show you mine if you show me yours type uh, uh, scenario strictly on on the football club front <laughs> I, I hasten to point out, um and uh, but I, I don't I don't know that that there's I haven't heard anything about a joint a joint summit trip. Um, I I would love it. I'm I have I've never met Will. I've never encountered him, but I've, I know lots of people who have worked with him and say he's great. And I think he, um, you know, we uh, hopefully over the next few years, we as Wrexham fans have to get used to sort of uh, getting all sorts of weird and wonderful people coming coming through the gates. But I, I can I can say that I've not been told anything, and I think I would I would have been told something if if there was one on the cards in the very near future. But I think someone because I also saw that clip and someone was like, oh, um, you know, uh, Wheelston away seems to fit with like f- fixtures wise. Um, so I don't know. Watch out, maybe he Will might be traveling incognito. <laughs> might see him in the in the stands there with, with you. Have have a look around. I was going to ask you that as well, Humphrey, in terms of obviously you are stateside most of the time. So mm. we've seen loads of these sort of celebrity endorsements on social media. It's surreal. Obviously, there was David Beckham getting his own rectum kit last season, et cetera, which yeah. just, again, is just surreal. What's the reception been like? Just maybe, obviously, in your circles, it's going to be a bit amplified, but has there been much coverage stateside just in general about this takeover? Are people starting to know that Wrexham is the name? Well, yeah, I mean, the documentary is due, is due up in, in the not too distant future. Like, I think it's coming in, in the first half of this year in the States. And, and I would imagine around the same time in the, in the UK. And so I think that, like, they started running commercials over here um, on during when It's Always Sunny. The last season was on over here. They would run wel- Welcome to Rex and commercials during that, which I think we all, we, everyone saw those with, like, Wayne from the turf and the... The, the kind of fake Welsh uh, sunny um, equivalents and things. So people are, I mean, I, it's funny. I, I've, you know, I wear a lot of Rex and gear around when I go and play football here or when I go to the gym and things uh, and not, I have to confess and as yet, no one has stopped me from across the street and been like, my God, a, a Rex a and shirt. But um, I think that, you know, we, I mean, there's no question we're punching above our weight for a National League club. I mean, it, it's something that has been talked about on, you know, Rob's been on Jimmy Kimmel and Ryan's talked about it. And they talk, you know, they're talking, Will Farrell was talking about it on Men in Blazers, that show that's on, um, you know, before Premier League coverage over here. So the name is getting around. Um, you know, the key thing for us is we've got to, we've got to start backing that up a bit. You know, we, if, if, the more success the club has on the pitch, the easier it becomes to recruit people to, to care about us, basically. Fleur, I, w- I wanted to ask you this question. Maybe it's gone a little bit under the radar, actually, for, for some fans. We were talking there about recruiting fans and, and building out the fan base. But actually, you and, and others off the pitch have been working in terms of recruiting, I really think, key personnel. I mean, they're not named Ollie Palmer or, or Tom O'Connor, but... The keeper now that I'm thinking of, oh, I want to get the, these titles right. Andy Duff is head of commercial, commercial director, something like that. And uh, Ryan Grant, who we know is starting soon, is, is kind of leading the marketing and communications coming from the EFL and Man United and whatnot. So they're really, really big hires. And I think 
for yourself, is it about laying those foundations? I mean, you've had to be patient to get them, but is that going to set us up to be successful in the future? Yeah, you know, and again, you know, that's took some time for that recruitment process because, you know, we all said, you know, when we come in, we need to understand, you know, what's already in place and, and where the gaps are and, and what we need going forward. And, you know, we always maintain we need those solid foundations to build that football club and support the activity that's happening on the pitch. Um, so it's been fantastic, you know, that we've had Andy Duff coming in as head of um, commercial, you say Ryan starting on the 1st of March. Uh, we've got a finance manager in place now who's been here a month. Um, so it's great, you know, to start building that team uh, and really start changing some of the processes and, you know, move things forward and, and catching up really, you know, to where we, you know, obviously with ex the explosion of interest and, you know, the fantastic crowds that we're getting, you know, and everything that goes behind that. Um, you know, it's great to be able to build the team. I've got to ask you about as well, Flo, because in terms of building a club, it's not just buying players, it's, it's building that infrastructure. I know before Humphrey said that it's about we'll be successful as a byproduct of having everything in place behind the scenes. Has it been quite difficult me, m matching that progress off the pitch as well as on it? It's, you know, it's always that balance, isn't it, really? And again, it's, you know, every football club's different. So as I said, it's coming in and, and, and looking, you know, Wrexham and, you know, the areas that need, need the most attention and, and in, in what order, really. Um, so it's, you know, it's great. We've, we've got those these highs in now uh, for the short to medium term and we, we'll build on that, you know, as things continue to grow. I think one of the things that I, I can speak to with, with Fleur having arrived, um, you know, a, a little bit later on in, in the process is... Is all that, albeit, but when Fleur arrived, it, it wasn't as though the situation had changed enormously. It was that I think, you know, with genuinely the greatest of respect to the WST, one of the challenges they had had was that, that you know, declining uh, income meant that as, wherever possible, money had to be put onto the pitch. And, you know, correspondingly, that money probably had to be taken out of other places. And so slowly but surely, the kind of off pitch operation was shrinking, you know, the medical department was shrinking, the, you know, so we had to uh, sell the stadium, we had to sell Collier's Park, we had to do whatever we could to try and, you know, which was, I, I don't know that there's another way you could have done that in the situation that they were in. Like, we, always the, probably the, the only gamble you could take was to try and succeed on the pitch and get back into the Football League and, and increase, you know, uh, the generation of income. So, we were very threadbare, you know, I mean, it was, there were very, very few permanent members of staff. There were other people with volunteers and, um, you know, gave their all, but, but equally at the same time, like, well, I've got a, you know, I've got a full-time job and I, I need to put, you know, food on the table and do whatever it may be. And that, that was a really big challenge. And so kind of getting the, the ship moving again in, in the right direction has been a, a, a huge undertaking. And the reason why I say that is because Fleur probably can't say that because it sounds like she's bigging up the effort that she's put in, but I can. Uh, that's that I can say that it has been an incredible effort put in uh, on, on her part and on the part of, you know, all of the members of staff that have, that have seen us, you know, overcome some of the, the challenges that we've had and, and start to kind of improve processes and smooth processes. And, you know, hopefully that's something that people, people are starting to really feel now that, that there has been progression from the start of the season as well. Fleur, another one for you, actually. Uh, on this podcast, we really try to stress balance i guess you know the good times and the bad and look we're, we're as uh, kind of uh emotional and, and as, as much of a roller coaster as anyone in the fan base but 
you know, you're talking, aren't we, about growing the fan base and, and how great the crowds have been at home. And I know what I'm about to bring up is a tiny, tiny minority in the fan base. But but I maybe for, for the supporters listening to this, how much can you stress the importance of of cutting out this this fan culture of of, of misbehaviour? You know, we've seen banning orders of late, and the club taking a really firm stance on that. It's really important, isn't it, from I suppose from your position that that families feel safe to come to Rex. Now, again, I'm stressing that a small minority, but it is important. Yeah, well, you know, it's key. You know, this has to main, maintain as a family, you know, friendly environment where everybody feels safe to come, you know, on a Saturday and watch football or, you know, whether that's home or away. And it's really sad. I think, you know, in the National League, I think there's like a 53% increase in, in disorder on match days across the league. And, you know, it's well versed in, in other leagues as well. And it's a real shame. But, you know, as we've said, you know, there has to be a zero tolerance to that. Uh, which I think we've, you know, we've shown over, over over recent weeks. You know, we've got over thirty bands now. Uh, you know, we're really pleased with the six-year ban um, that um, a gentleman got last week. You know, which you know it just shows that we can't, you know, we can't tolerate it. And you're right, it is a it is a minority, but it is spoiling it for the majority. Um, you know, and it comes at a cost. You know, we're put in front of the you know, the um, FAW, you know, on a frequent basis. You know, and have uh, fees suspended until the next time, which are then triggered, and it's costing the club money. You know, and it's you know, it's got to stop. The, you know, the behaviour has to be that fans feel safe to you know, enjoy the game, uh, and and that's how it should be. And you know, we'll work really hard with you know North Wales Police and other clubs as well and their forces to to ensure that we work on that and, and try and improve things as possible. Exactly. Yeah, so Sorry. Well, no, I just said, as, as Fleur said, it's it's something that is has we've seen a big rise in the National League this year, and and that, but not only in the National League. I mean, across mm. across the country, there seems to be a, a massive increase in trouble at, at at football. I think there are probably it, it's not it's not too difficult to point to the kinds of uh, you know the scenario that we've all been living through over the last couple of years, and that has that has seen a lot of people trapped at home and pent up and and. You know, perhaps without outlets to to um, you know channel some some of that kind of behaviour in, in, into more positive um, uh, areas. But you know, that said, all we can do is control what 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 we do. And and um, yeah, again, Fleur's been been very strong from from the start in leading the way in the response on our behalf of just like this is this is just not something that we want to take hold here. Yeah, exactly. So as well, it's important to note it's not just a Wrexham issue, but obviously you want to quell it within a club and control it as best yeah. you can. Now, I want to be a bit more positive, really. And of course, the anniversary also marked the uh, the announcement of the the acquisition of the freehold of the stadium in principle, hey. which is no yeah. massive relief for Wrexham fans, most of them, I'd say, at least. And obviously, there's going to be always going to be a few people who oppose any decision, really, aren't there, at any club. But um, just how important is that for the club going forward? I mean, I think it's I think it's huge. I think psychologically it's massive. I think, you know, in terms of like the ambitions that we have for the club, um, it, it's it's really important. Um, you know, the reason why I say that, first of all, I understand no set of fans can be more forgiven for being suspicious of of owners taking control of a stadium or taking control of assets that, you know, that have been protected through the covenants between the university and, and the Wrexham Supporters Trust. I completely, you know, I will never, you know, I saw one or two people yesterday um, saying this is this is a bad thing, this is bad for the club. 
I completely respect that opinion because, you know, they they have we have been burnt in the past by by unscrupulous owners. Um, you know, in terms of the future of the club, I think it's really important because, you know, I think without I, I, I don't think this is breaking any new ground, but but in in order for us to excuse, excuse the pun break new ground um, on on the cop that that whole process we think it becomes easier and more streamlined if we are the owners of the freehold the university have been so good to us they're so good to the university i don't think you could have asked for a better more scrupulous more more honest set of partners than than glendua university have been for the football club both before we came in and afterwards but the really but in order for us to to deliver on uh, you know an extra five and a half thousand uh, uh, capacity, I was about to say seats, but it's it's not really seats, it's safe standing um, uh, or rail seating um, stand. The whole process is is just made that much easier. And, and the one thing I'm learning pretty quickly in this process is that you know you have to jump through a thousand hoops in order to, to do anything in a, in a, something like a football stadium. And if we can remove even one of those hoops, then, then that makes life a lot easier. Uh, and the other thing I would say is in terms of speaking to those people who are worried, you know, we are looking to, we're, if we were going to build a B and Q, one of the first things we would not do is add, spend, spend s- uh, some millions of pounds on a, a new giant stand. Cause then you just got to knock it down again. Um, and we don't want to do that. A being a being Q of all the things Wrexham needs. What is it with being Q? We've become a little bit obsessed with being Q. The research is out there. Apparently, apparently people <laughs> yeah, are desperate for being Q in the central town. Okay, talking of redevelopment that that doesn't involve timber and the word the letters B and Q. Training ground is a big one that gets asked about uh, among the fan base and and you know kind of previously been at Colliers and, and whatnot and clearly as it is said in the mission statement that development of the training ground is as key as developing the stadium I think last I can remember Rich maybe maybe you can correct me but on this podcast we think it was down to two sites uh, I mean can you sort of shed any update on um or share any update even can you shed an update I don't know can you share any update on on where we're at with that and, and you know are we are we looking at maybe progress towards the end of the season or or what what can we expect on the training ground yeah I think so so, so I would even say it's down it's down to two sites we found two sites that we we like for different reasons they you know one has kind of better access it is more accessible one one we think uh you know potentially has better again this is the stuff that I'm learning is that like what I, before I came to this, I would just find a big field, just a big, get a big field and put up a building and some, you know, this, that and the other. But what, what is underneath the, the ground there is huge. So, so I know that we've asked um, some, uh, uh, we've got some consultants that have, that have gone in and taken kind of core samples of both sites to get a look at what the drainage is like. And, um, you know, I think, I know that our objective was before the end of this season is is to try and identify specifically which which spot that we're after. So that's the plan. Um, you know, there's many there's many uh, uh, again many hoops to jump through, and there's many um, uh, kind of requirements that have to be met. So you know, I, I, that's why I will say we're aiming for it rather than saying we'll absolutely be doing it. But it's you know now the transfer window is closed. I mean, it's extraordinary as well the degree to which 
any other kind of strategic consideration has had to be put on pause for the last month because it is uh you know that that process of trying to identify targets you know negotiate with them negotiate with the clubs finalize this that, and the other i mean it it sort of it came down to the wire as people know like it was something that we had intended to get everyone through the door the first week of january uh, and then suddenly it's you know it's the final day and you're finally just getting that that piece of the puzzle that you've been looking for for months so with that done we're now kind of switching our attention in in a more earnest fashion into into some of the other things that have either been put on ice or or if they are you know of or the, the heads of terms and things like that that was moving along during january as well because it was something that we were we were you know we were keen we thought symbolically it was a nice thing to be able to do on february the ninth. so we didn't want to leave that on on the wayside I've got to ask you it's quite a very general... long-winded answer. It's okay. We like long-winded, don't worry about that. It increases our running times. So that helps. Uh, <laughs> you can just feel no. people skipping forward in the podcast. Like, still, no, still him. Still, no, I think it's still the same question. Fleur, I'll come to you next for to mix it up then, uh, to end Humphrey's reign there on, on the mic. Um, <laughs> what's been your, your highlight of the year? It doesn't have to be on the pitch necessarily, but have you had any sort of standout moments since you've moved to Wrexham? Um, standout moments. Um, I think obviously you know, the visit that week. I think just again going back to the fans' reaction and the staff, um, and the, you know the atmosphere that day. You know, in the stadium was absolutely the race course ground was absolutely tremendous. And uh, you know, you know, I just think you know it's, it's something really special. Um, you know, again, particularly in this league, you look at the attendances you know that we're seeing um and yeah i just think you know we go back to the staff again you know we've got some real you know fantastic staff that you know we've been here for a long long time and the volunteers that are still here and supporting you know as and when we need them as humphrey's already said um which again you know you don't get that in, you know you get lots of volunteers but you know you find that you know new owners come in and you know the perception of pots of money coming in that volunteers sort of drift away but you know thankfully that's and we've not seen that and it's fantastic to have everybody involved still okay now i'm going to go out on a on a limb and say that humphrey uh, over in la is in much sunnier climes than we are here in wrexham and elsewhere dotted around uh, another listen dotted around the uk uh, humphrey in far sunnier climes and, and what i was going to ask is can you uh, mr humphrey kerr give us some hope that look as much as I love and with all respect these I love Kingsland away Bromley away Yeovil away these kind of away days you know we're 13 14 years into that now as fun as they are and, and trust me they are can you give us some hope that we maybe can get on a plane in pre-season can we can we jump on a plane come over to Miami Philadelphia Vancouver can we can we just have some kind of like nonsensely ridiculously fun away day please I'm, I'm I don't want to beg on the podcast but but that would be amazing and I feel like you can either dash my dreams or or build them up well here's what I, here's what I will say so again because because January is this is pre-season is now one of the things that has, has kind of come bubbling to the top of the of the pile of things to do because um it would that was definitely not something we were going to address before we got January sorted However, not to, I don't want to pour any cold water on uh, your excitement. No, but wait, hold on, hold on, because we can guarantee we are going to play a friendly at Nantwich um, as, as, part of the, as part of the thank you for them having us in the Epic Cup. Nathan, you've probably got a lot of listeners in Nantwich. <laughs> no, look, I'm grateful to Nantwich. I really am. I mean, they t- they've taken Jake Bickerstaff on loan. Brilliant. I wish them all the best, but 
uh, I just want to go to Miami or am I, am I being greedy? What I, what I can say is that, um, uh, yeah, basically what, what has made something more complicated. We don't know when our next season is going to start That's yet, a fair point. because, because we, we are very much hopeful that it's going to start, um, uh, pretty early, uh, in the EFL two, um, or it starts slightly later in, in the national league, fingers crossed all around. So, um, we are, we're juggling uh, that at the moment. And um, obviously it's going to be something that goes right up into the wire until we know 100% where, where, where and when our preseason is going to start. Um, so that is as much as I'm at liberty to divulge at this moment in time. But um, Not much away confirmed. That's all. Not that much is. away confirmed. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're talking about unbelievably exciting podcast exclusives, it doesn't get much bigger than this. So you'll be able to run with this for about two weeks. I was just going to ask this one, which I guess maybe is a bit of an, not an awkward question so much, but obviously <laughs> you both know that um, the fan base's mood can change very quickly. Within a week, you mm-hmm. can be, we're going up. One week can be, you know, it's a disaster. It's a crisis again. But is it, is it safe to say that there's, there's still a perception that where we could not finish the season, but there's still been plenty of success? Um, there was a bit of a bubble actually when he said we could not finish. Yeah, he dipped out for me as well. I think what he was saying was if we don't go up, you know, is it a complete disaster? Basically, you know, do we then roll the credits at the end and 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 that's it, or is there still something to salvage from the season? You know, obviously everyone's expectation is massive, but but can we salvage something if if uh, if we don't ultimately go up? Well, I mean, I, I would say it's a complicated question. It's a complicated question to answer that because I think put, putting on my my you know my fan hat and my enthusiasm hat and my um, you know I wake up early to, to to listen to the games over here every every Saturday and and I live and die by every cut and thrust of Mark Griffith's commentary. Um, uh, you know, of course we we want to be successful. That is that is the objective. Like the, the 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 mandate was promotion. That's what we we at the start of the season. That's what we've been talking about all the way through. That is what we that was the goal for this season. Now, that being the case, you know, us not going up this year, yeah, that that would be that would be disappointing. That would be a disappointing result. The the flip side to that, or the positive spin on that, is that what we have managed to build over the course of this season in terms of off the pitch infrastructure, in terms of the squad that we have, in terms of the, um, you know, our, our, again, medical capabilities, all, all these things that just sort of weren't really there last season. And all of these things which aren't really kicking in until around now this season, you know, we're, we're adding members of staff kind of all the time through this year mean that, you know, going into next season, you would be, in a situation where, you know, I think come, come the end of the season, we will have, I can't remember exactly what the number is, but it's something like 18, 18 uh, uh, first team pros who are on contract for at least another year or a year and a half. That gives you an incredible foundation to build on. You know, the, the, there's, you know, there's a lot to be said for players that, that were here last year who, who've been doing well. You know, obviously Jordan Davis has had another fantastic season. Like that's not someone that, that the current administration can take credit for um, we're, we're delighted that we signed him on on onto a longer contract and and 
you know, I, I know I've seen people saying, and I do think it's true that that's, you know, it's nice to be going into January with the club being like, great, well, this guy's really good. We're not, we have no intention of selling him as, as a result of that. Um, and, you know, I think it, it should give us a really, really strong base to push on next season. I mean, our, our objective with the construction of this squad was to try and build one that would compete strongly in League Two next season. Like that, we, we, our feeling was these should be players who if you can get out of the bottleneck of the National League can, you know, if they can, if they can click and get it right, they should be able to click and get it right the league above. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a complicated question to answer. It is, it is. And I had a much I easier think... one, but Rich went before me, so there you go. No, sure. In, su- in summary, I will say, um, I'd be disappointed if we're not, we're, we are not um, uh, promoted this season, but I wouldn't be, like, distraught. Okay, final one from me. Rob's Welsh seems to be going really, really good. I mean, we saw him with Maxine do the little video for Mr. Irith, which accompanied with the little dance that he did that obviously you won't see uh, when you listen to this. But I imagine I'm doing the dance the same as Rob. If you haven't seen it on social, it's brilliant. It's maybe one of the best things I've seen. Um, and I showed my mum, who's a scene to older, and that was one of the, yeah, one of the funniest things she's seen all year. So I guess my final question is, how is the Welsh going? Are you picking things up? I've probably picked a little bit more up than you, Humphrey, because I've actually been in Wales more than you. Probably <laughs> you have been. You've been there every day. Yeah. <laughs> and However, you... yeah, it, it, it's in progress. Very good answer. I will say that I have I have got that like really terrible. I'm doing that really bad traditional Englishman thing of just saying "jol" to everyone and smiling, and in the same way that like if I say "merci" and smile at everyone in France, I feel like they can't. You can't be too angry with someone that just says thank you all the time. (laughs) (laughs) The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them, honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order muck delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.